Like you're, I mean, it's all, I know you're like, duh, that's what I've been fucking saying. (laughs) (laughs) You're just repeating what I'm saying, Elizabeth. Yeah. But I, but it just, I don't know why it just clicked for me, but that example with Oprah, like for some reason, it just like totally clarified. It was Welcome everyone to the Authentic as Fuck podcast. This is episode eight and Elizabeth is back. I'm back. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. How's your day off? (laughs) Is that a joke? (laughs) Good one. Good one. I'd love to have one of those again someday. (laughs) One day. I feel feel like it's going to be a few years. 18 years when you're... Yeah. When Wolfie goes off to college. But I doubt, I <laughs> doubt that uh, we'll be able to cut the cord that easily. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm glad to be back. It's pretty dreary in Nashville today. So oh, really? I'm usually able to like take advantage of the natural light and come in here, but it's like raining. It looks pretty great. Gross. Yeah. I'm lucky that like there's a ton of light that comes in anyway, but it's super... Uh, dreary and gross i hate i i hate this time of year most people love the fall oh really ab- yeah like it? i hate I'm it a, it's my favorite season of the year it, that's what everyone says they're like oh, i love fall and for me like it's i think because winter is so depressing for me i go into this weird funk in the winter when the time changes and there's no there's no greenery around and i get like super like that Maybe seasonal depression. Yeah. Well, Michael would not. He doesn't <laughs> want to go back there. I totally would. Um, to Northern California. But like Why, he doesn't like California. Bad memories. <laughs> I think Los Angeles did him in. Um, I, I love California. I Yeah, that I mean, I definitely wouldn't live in California right now. Just because it's so expensive and like there that state is like, you know, ran like <laughs> how they run that state is like a joke, but yeah. Um I I you know, every time I go back there, it's like it's where I grew up, right? So I feel a sense of like nostalgia and like you know. Yeah. Yeah, it feels good. And my yeah. family is there, but all of Jesus' family is here. So it's hard to leave New York. Now, is all of her like close family? Like yeah. all, mom, dad, yeah. si- I know her yeah. sister's there. Okay. Her sister, yeah. her, her, her aunt, her nephews. Yeah. All here. Yeah. Yeah. And I have Maybe... some family in California, but they're not like, like my cousins, my uncle, and my aunt, grandmother's there. But my parents live in Korea. It's not as direct, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought that they were. Did they? So they moved here and then they moved back. Yeah, they moved back. They didn't like here. They did. <laughs> what I've heard from your about your mom, like I could see that she wanted. <laughs> it was actually my dad. My dad hated it here. Really? I think my mom actually kind of liked it here. But what does he do? My dad was, uh, he worked in pathology, he worked in the hospital in Korea, and uh-huh. here he was an acupuncturist, 
Oh. And now he works like in um also in kind of health. Like uh he works for my uncle. And okay. he sells like these um these things kind of like made out of grape, but it's like supposed to be good for your health. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he, he sees like patients and he kinda like diagnoses them and stuff like that. For that. That's really cool. I had no idea. Yeah. Neat. I've always wanted to try <laughs> acupuncture. But I'm scared of needles. But everyone that I know that does it like it works. Loves it. So so I'm yeah. assuming you've done it. I've done it once, like my dad, like, but every time he, he tried to like do it on me, I'm like, no, get away. I'm because I'm scared of needles too. Yeah. So, but it works. Oh. Like, cause I, you know, I see two patients come in, they have, they get into car accident, like mm-hmm. they get rear ended and then they have like back problems that come in. My dad will yeah. fix them. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to do that, especially like on my shoulder. Like I have, so maybe I should try it. If your dad ever comes try. back. Ask him to stop in Nashville because I was like, I would trust your dad. Um, or I can head over to Korea at some point once Wolfie is old enough and doesn't need me as much. So what's up? What are we talking about today? What should we talk about? I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about kind of like comparing people comparing themselves to others. Both in personal oh. brand in general, yeah, right. Because I, I I find that to be like a common kind of thread that I constantly have to I constantly have to like remind people, even like my big clients, right? Mm-hmm. But also myself. So I yeah. kind of want to talk about that because it's not. I don't think it's just people that are starting out or people that are like comparing themselves to like, um, oh, like, you know, look at the Kardashians or like whatever, or like, you know, look at so-and-so, my friend who's doing well in his career and I'm not there yet. That's one kind of comparing, but, you know, comparing to other people comes in many shapes and forms, right? Because I still have clients that, you know, are doing like extremely well that will come to me with something that, somebody else did and be like, oh, hey, check this out. Like, you know, should we do something like this? Or should, mm-hmm. no, oh, let's go look at some of the other people and see how they do it. Or like, and to me, that's like, obviously that's not as bad because right? you're not comparing yourself in terms of like, oh, this person's way ahead of me or something like that. But it's still comparing, right? And everyone does it. I just, I just had a meeting like a couple of weeks ago with somebody who was like, I just wanted to say, stop fucking looking at other people's shit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, because it's a, it's killing you, right? And yeah, and, and it, it can be as simple as like you know how Michael always compares like the mass breed movement to like the twelve step program, you know, like it's yes. even that's a, some sort, and that has nothing to do with like how obviously mass twelve step program is complete. It's not even a business, yeah, right? But it's still trying to com- compare it in a way that. Oh, it works for them. So how can we replicate it here? Right. Mm -hmm. And even that's kind of comparing in my opinion. Yeah. I think it's one thing to be inspired by Mm -hmm. something um, because it's really hard to create in, in the world that we live in and the amount of 
the way that humans have been able to in, improve over the years, like we're just seeing incremental improvements in things. Um, there is like, it's one thing to be inspired by the 12 step program or by an email that someone sent you. It's another thing to try and replicate it and compare what you're doing to it. Um, if that makes sense. And I think even when I think about when we were building the website, remember when we were like comparing our about me page to everyone else's, like we were looking at Mel Robbins page. I don't know if you remember, we were looking at, we we're like, let's go see how Jay Shetty does it. How did, how did you do it for Gabby? How did you do it for these people? Um, versus, well, how do we want to do it for us? And let's get inspired by yeah. what other people are doing versus comparing what we're doing to them. So where do you draw the line? What, where, where does the inspiration end and uh, comparison begin? <laughs> <laughs> I want to grab some water. I'll be right back. All right. So as you were off getting hydrated, I started thinking about your question. Where, where do we draw the line? Mm -hmm. And I had a thought and why did I forget it? But basically I'm going to take the example of the 12 steps and what we've done and where we found ourselves getting in trouble and where Michael is finally starting to get some clarity. And because now we're actually starting to get traction. We're having complete strangers sign up for what we're doing and they're sticking and it's working. And I think so many times he and I have talked and it's been as we've been developing the mask free program. And every time that we've tried to do exactly the same thing that 12 step does we find that it fails mm -hmm. for one reason or another. We tried to replicate the meetings exactly. We tried to replicate sponsorship exactly. Like, and when we've tried to like do a, almost a carbon copy of it, it just never works. Um, Why do you think so, that is? Because I think that, that, in the, I don't know, this is just me kind of like thinking out loud, but I think it's you, because you can't replicate the whole thing completely and you're only replicating pieces, it it's kind the, of, it falls it's everything apart. together that we're, yeah, there's the, a lot yeah. of like little nuances that makes it work. Yeah. Yes. So like, that's why ours is working is because now we have nuances to our system and what we're building and what Michael has been able to do with our team. But if you try to just pick out, like, let's say you get an incredible email from Amy Porterfield in her funnel and you try to replicate that one email, well, she's built an entire funnel around that email. There's an entire system that her team is analyzing and looking at. And that is just one piece. Um, if you try to do one post on your social media that replicates what Gary V did, he's got a machine that's putting out content built around that piece. Um, so it's one thing to look at what someone is doing as a whole, get inspired by it find things you like things even find things you don't like things that you don't want to do and then build your own again this is me mm -hmm. thinking out loud but i i'm just mm -hmm. looking back on stuff that we've done that's failed is when we try to mm -hmm. replicate one piece i think yeah i think you're definitely right 
I didn't, I mean, I, I couldn't quite like exactly figure out what exactly it was, but I think you're a hundred percent right because one of the like questions that I get repeatedly from people is like, Hey, what font you're, what font are you using or on my, on my content or like, Oh, what do you use? How, how are you editing those videos as if like the reason why I'm, why my content is doing well is because of the font or because of how the video is looks the fucking editor, editor. like, yeah. <laughs> and it literally yeah. has nothing to do with that. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes. And so I think there's definitely something to that where, you know, you, you, you don't know what, you don't know what to copy. <laughs> you don't know what to copy. And like, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to it than the font. People don't like a post because of the font. You could mm-hmm. use fucking comic sans. And if it's good content and it's your thing, like that's your fucking thing is comic yeah. sans. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I want to see a brand that like brand themselves with comic sans. They should. <laughs> like, you know, we should like, this goes back. I still want to do the swag thing. This is a tangent, yeah. but yeah. I still want us to do the swag and we With should do it sense. on all these like, weird, <laughs> like we have the one in cursive, like the cursive font that every like female br- personal brand uses. That's like <laughs> the comic sans of female personal brands. And you, you got, everybody knows exactly which yeah. font I'm talking about. Yeah. And then we do like the comic sans font like we do all these weird fonts. Right? <laughs> Every font. Like that, that would be all, like all the like overused fonts in the personal mm-hmm. brand world. That's what I want to use for our swag. Okay. Anyway. Um, I know all of them. <laughs> I know you do. I'm talking to the like master. Um, but yeah, I think that's what it is. It's the, you, you can't, it's the pieces. It, like you can't just because you replicate the pieces doesn't mean that you're gonna. Yeah. It's, it's not. The, it's going like to the, um, yeah. It's like a thousand different things that work together to make that brand work, and it's it's that's also why you shouldn't mimic anyone like in terms of personal brand, right? Like mm-hmm. I I just got off of a live where we were talking about how when I watch uh you know Christo. You know, mm-hmm. Christo. Yeah. Like when I watch Christo, like my favorite co- content from him is when he's like really calm. He's like, you know, he's like this wise man who's like dropping knowledge and like just talking like this. And then, mm-hmm. but then once in a while, there are these videos where like, hey, everybody, like, <laughs> like that. And it's so like, those are my least favorite videos of him. It's, it's just, to me, it seems like he's trying to he's trying to be someone else, right? It's he's a, trying to be Christo, not be yeah, yeah. Christo. <laughs> trying to be Christo. Not exactly. Be Christo. Yeah. Because so, he's probably seen some video where someone was yelling at the camera and it got a bunch of likes and shares. I mean, I don't oh. think that's what he did, but I think he's just, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like when, when, when I, what I was saying to Michael the other day that, uh, Sometimes in those meetings, I feel like you're trying too hard, right? You're trying too hard to play host. You're trying too hard to entertain everyone to make sure everybody feels at home, whatever, right? And it, 
for me, all of these things, whether you go into a meeting or you're hosting a meeting or whatever it is, mm-hmm. whenever you try too hard to do something, it never works, right? Like it's really uh, just uh, if you want everyone to feel at home and everyone to feel comfortable in a meeting, then you just truly have to want that in your heart. And then that's it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to want everyone to feel at home truly without any bullshit. Like, oh, I just want people to feel like they're feeling like they're at home. Not like, like you actually genuinely want them to feel at home. Okay. And then you don't have to do anything. You just, I mean, yeah, you you just show up, you just show up and do your thing. Well, and, but that's so much easier said than done. But I think that's one reason why. And I still can't believe people actually listen to us talk because we, we just show downloads. <laughs> I mean, all of our episodes. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, and we, we hit a hundred subscribers on YouTube. Yay. Sweet. Yay. <laughs> if we get a thousand, that'd be, that'd be good. Um, but, but you know what? I think the reason people, like I've asked people that message me, why do you even listen to this? Like, why are you listening? Because I'm, I'm like genuinely curious. Like, why are you listening? And this is tied to what you're talking about is that we don't come into this. I certainly don't with any like audience that I'm trying to please. Mm-hmm. Any kind of like uh, intention around what I'm trying to get across. Like, I mean, not that I don't have intention, but like I care, but like I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just trying to show up and talk yeah. to my friend and you just have to care. And then you don't have like, to try yeah. to care anymore. <laughs> you just have to care. Yeah. You shouldn't have to try. Like, but I guess that's um, something that you can't, it's not a decision that you make, right? Let's say you're going into a, let's say you're own business owner and you, you have hundred employees and you're going into a meeting where you're talking to them, right? You can go into that meeting and try to make it seem like you care, right? Which is not going to work. Or you can go into that meeting and do nothing, but actually genuinely care, right? But that's the thing. Actually genuinely care, caring, it's not a decision you make. Like it's not a decision you make and you, okay, now I genuinely care. No, you either already genuinely care or you don't. If you don't genuinely care about your employees, you can't do anything to make you, you yourself genuinely care about your employees. <laughs> do you understand right. what I mean? But you know what? I think people, even some of the best people, I totally get what you're saying. There's something that gets in the way. There's a reason why like some of the best people who do genuinely care, mm-hmm. right. And who do want to have a good mess. Like, like for example, Michael, he really cares. He wants mm-hmm. to put out content, but he, it, it's a struggle for him. Like you were saying to just be himself and show up. So what is that getting like, what happened? So I think there are a couple of things like what is happening to keep those people or us or anyone to keep people from being able to just do and just show up and do your thing. And I think some of it's, it's a lot of fear, a fear about what people think. And then this thing that you talked about earlier, the comparison, comparing yourself to everyone else. And then Okay, once you've recognized that it's that fear that's holding you back, because 99% of the time, fear is the, is the thing that 
all of our, that everything is rooted in, um, particularly when it what comes about to being like, authentic. Um, I guess comparison, the vanity metrics is kind of like comparison too, right? It's, yeah. You're comparing. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. And it, and that goes back to fear, fear that no one's going to like you, fear that, mm-hmm. you know, and so, so, so if you can establish that, okay, the, the, my inauthenticity. Comparison my and in- fear. Sorry. <laughs> I'm always no, like a step okay. by. I don't know if comparison and fear is, is the same thing. Because I think fear is like the fear of judgment, the fear of, you know, someone not liking me or something like that. The comparison is more like, I guess it's fear of missing out, like that so-and-so is the same age, age as me and they're doing so much better than me, right? That's, that's kind of yeah. what comparison is, right? Like, I don't think that they're the same. I think that fear drives comparison your fear is driving you to compare yourself to yeah. everyone else. Um, it's and to a, what it's, other people it's a, one is fear of judgment and the other one is fear of missing out. <laughs> yeah, I guess I still think that I don't think that there's fear in for me. I don't think that like when I compare myself to other people, that desire to compare is driven by my fear. So because I'm afraid of what other people think, if I'm going to miss out, if I'm doing the wrong thing, there's all this fear that's driving me to now compare. And so I kind of see them as, for me, I see them as separate, as separate things, but I know Between my comparison. Comparing and fear? Yeah. I'm, I think my, my, the fear, the, the social fear. Can you fear, give us an example? Sure. So like we, we've been in the process of uh, downsizing our home mm-hmm. and we live in a really cool house and um, a house, a dream house, uh, an amazing house, <laughs> like this, this house that we've in some ways put our identity around a house that when people walk into it, they're like, wow, you know, so when we decided to go on this journey of downsizing and going to a more traditional house that most families live in, um, I've, and Michael and I've talked about it, like we both have had really struggled with what people are going to think about us. And mm. the, so because of the fear of what people will think like, Oh, are that's we fear of judgment, I, not fear yeah. of comparison. That's not comparing. No, but I've got fear around, what are people are going to think? What, what, um, like, so I guess I'm not saying that there's fear. So comparison to me is different than fear. I wouldn't say like, because I'm afraid of what people will think I'm comparing my, my current house to the oh. new house that we're getting. I'm comparing. Oh, okay. Okay. No, does that make I was, sense? I was thinking about like, I was th- talking more about like comparing yourself to others. Yeah. I'm comparing the house that I'm getting to the house that other people are in other people that are. I see what you mean. Yeah. Be- does that make like, be- because I have fear around what I'm doing. I'm it, it, like, but I see what you're saying too. Um, like if I'm comparing myself to like somebody, you know, 
if I'm like, for example, let's say Michael compares himself to like somebody who sold 10 million copies of their books. Right. And, and let's say that person is like 30 years old, like 10 years younger than him. Right. <laughs> like yeah. that, then he might be like, Oh, I'm looking at him and be like, what is he doing that I'm not doing? And then trying to compare to do it. Mm -hmm. com yeah. Compare that. Right. I don't know if that, what fear does that come out of? Because I, I, I think what comparing yourself to others that are in your community, that are your circle of friends, um, like what, because it, it's different when you're like downgrading mm -hmm. versus when you're, when you're, when you are where you're in your own journey, but you're just moving a lot slower than this other person that's like moving at rocket speed. And then you're comparing mm -hmm. yourself to them. I think that's different than when you actually failed or when you feel like you failed and then that's why you're comparing that that's not really comparing that's whether mm -hmm. <laughs> whether that person is there or not you're still going to feel that way <laughs> so then what drives you to compare what's driving the comparison i think that's the because if we don't know what's driving the comparison i don't think we can stop doing it so that's where i brought up fear is that once I was kind of making a twofold point is that mm -hmm. if fear, like if you can identify what's driving it. And for me, I think it's comparison because it's fear of missing out. Like you said, there's fear, fear yeah. that's driving you to. Yeah. I think it's the fear of missing out. So the fear of missing out is driving you to compare yourself because there's a driver. Then the second thing is, okay, now what do I do about that? You know, like, well, you have to be aware of it. So back to your example of like the CEO that goes in and he wants to talk to his employees and genuinely, but you have to genuinely care. You may genuinely care. You may be telling yourself, I do genuinely care, but I'm still trying to be someone else when I go talk to them for some reason. Like Michael's showing up to these meetings. He's still trying to be Michael Brody Waite. He's not being Michael Brody Waite. Um, well, let's break those, let, let's break those apart first, because I, I know what you mean, right? Well, cause that's a little bit further away. That's not the perfect example, like mm -hmm. trying to be like somebody else, but I think we'll get to that in a little bit, but first let's break, break down something that's even more closer than that. Right? Like, so for me, I know that. I shouldn't compare myself to others in terms of like, what is the revenue that Night Owls is doing or how many followers that I have compared to other people, right? Because there's always going to be people like freaking, the, you know, like the Kardashians that have 100 million followers, right? Right. So I have to look at myself and be like, I have to remind myself that not to compare and then just focus on what I'm doing, creating content or doing what I love to do, like not thinking that. But once in a while, you get this thing, like I'll, I know that when I post something, certain things, I know that that's going to get me. I know that like right now I'm, I'm working on a post that I'm, hopefully if I finish today, I'll post today or else tomorrow, that I know that, that if I post that, like that post is going to probably get me over a thousand followers because I know that that's the kind of post it is. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, sometimes I know I'm posting something 
and I know this post is gonna give me like 10 followers. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I mean? And I know it, but I have to post it anyway, because that post is number one, it's me. It's what I wanna talk about. It's what I think people need to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still feel that FOMO, like, fuck. I'm going to post this and I'm losing out on a thousand followers. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So where does that come from? Right. And and it's that comes from FOMO. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. So fear is driving you to do something or not do something. Yeah. But you're able to overcome it and you're doing the post anyway. Yeah. It's still hard though. It's still really hard because what you're putting in probably hours to making that post. Yeah. Um, you're, put, you're still putting in the like, same like, effort. Yeah, and the formula is this, right? If I just keep posting this kind of post every single day, let's say ten days in a row, right? Uh-huh. In, te- in that ten days, I'm gonna get a thousand. I'm gonna get ten thousand followers at least, because of because I'm posting a post that's gonna get me a thousand followers each. But on the other hand, let's say I post five of these, and then five of those other posts that gives me like ten followers. Then I'm gonna in the same amount of time, I'm only gonna get five thousand followers, right? Yeah. And so, you've put in five times the amount of effort. Yeah. And I have <laughs> to know 10 that. Times. Yeah. yeah. And I have to be okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Um so I think so I think that so that's huge. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't but maybe that's doing. also fear of judgment too. Because at the end of the day, why do I feel like I need to be at a certain number, right? It's because I feel like people are gonna judge me that, oh, son only has this many followers versus this other person has so much more followers. Like, that's kind of, maybe it'll also, that's how it relates to judgment. So it's all fear. It's all coming from fear, man. All these decisions I think come from It all comes from fear of what other people think of me. Yeah, and I think, if you can't relate to not being afraid of what other people think at some point, like, cause some people are like, Oh, I don't give a F about what people think about me. Hmm. Like those are, we, <laughs> Michael actually had someone who scored like an 80% on his authenticity test. And he was going in and doing like a, um, he's going in and doing a workshop. And he was like, man, I got somebody that, that scored 80%. He's like, those are always the people that are actually the most inauthentic. He's <laughs> like, you, you want me to tell you if you know that if you're authentic or not? You've got a really low authenticity score on, on my assessment because. So the way we remember in the beginning, we, we made, we coded it wrong so that it's, it was yeah. the other way around. Maybe that's the right way to do it. <laughs> it coded backwards yeah (laughs) like yeah exactly um but anyway i don't know what my point was there but like if you oh yeah talking about people who say they don't give an f like those are the people that are the most inauthentic so the fact that you 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 have to be able though do you have to be able to like identify that feeling so, so you, like in your example, which was really, really good, you were able to like, you know, that feeling you you're able to identify it. And then because you know what that feeling is, mm-hmm. you're able to overcome it. 
and awareness is so much. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Like there's a car that I want, um, that I want to get. And so I used to never see them on the road, but now I see them everywhere all the time. time. That's not because they're, that's not because every, no, (laughs) not big enough. I'm a mom, like in the South, I need a big SUV is what um, we just got back from the container store and our poor kids were like, like sandwiched between (laughs) like really large plastic containers. Inside the container. I know, right? <laughs> um, but you should have seen us. We we're like playing Jenga in the back in the at the container store with the stroller and the car seats and how are we gonna fit this in? And anyway, so there's there's this SUV that I want, and so I see it everywhere. And I think we all can relate to like you know, a car or whatever it is. Like it's funny how you start to have awareness. Mm-hmm. around you see more of it or it's more prevalent in your life it's, it's not because there's more of it it's just because mm-hmm. you're, you're aware of aware. it yeah and so that being aware of those moments that feeling it's probably tangible most of the time like fear is so tangible and it's a you have visceral reactions to something it's in the pit of your mm-hmm. stomach it's that feeling like if the you're feeling able, is there but you can't quite pinpoint it though. Like sometimes I feel but you, frustrated. You've been yeah. able to, you know, that there's something there. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know where it's coming from. Like that's why usually like how arguments start with people. Right. Sometimes like, you know, you have ever have people like that starts argument with you for no reason for the s- smallest things like that, that doesn't even matter. Right. But yeah. then usually when you bro- boil it, boil that down, there is something bigger. There is something bigger there that's been bothering them. Maybe a couple of days ago you did something and they've been bothered by it, but they haven't really identified it yet. But it's it's, it's mm-hmm. they're finding annoying about it, and then like a few days later it shows up in something else, like something else you do that that just like blows it out of proportion, and that's how like some like a lot of couples fight, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the coffee cup in the sink. That yeah. you just didn't put in the dishwasher yeah. turns into like World War Three, yeah. But usually, there's something deeper in there, right? That they're not satisfied with, that they can't really quite pinpoint what it is un- yeah. until they actually sit down and do the work. <laughs> so, do you think like this comparison thing can be, or when you find yourself comparing to other people? How, I mean, would you agree that like pinpointing that feeling is one way to overcome it? Probably. Like for me right now, I think, I, I think if you right now what I'm, I'm making all this shit up, but <laughs> like, I think we one step are. behind <laughs> it is the judgment, right? Like I'm, I'm afraid of being judged if I'm, um, I should be, I'm at this age, I should be at here. I'm at this point in my career, so I should be at here, this number of followers. I should be at this much revenue. I should be living in this type of house. I should be driving this type of car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why you compare yourself to somebody else who's doing much better than you in all those areas is, is because of FOMO, like fear of I should be there, but I'm not there, so I'm missing out, right? But the re- reason why you feel that way is because 
other people are, how am I, how are other people looking at me because I should be here and I'm not there. Right. So the first fear is the fear of missing out. But the reason why the fear of missing out is there is because you're afraid of other people judging what other people think of me. So everything just roots back to what, what other people think of me. Mm -hmm. I think it's rarely, I mean, that, I mean, and what Michael says is that even that, what other people think of me, even roots back to like the, the physical social death, death right? physical yeah. death or social death. Yeah. Well, I think he, he thinks everything roots back to physical death. He does. He does. <laughs> but he does break it out into like, like he'll say everything can go back to like physical death or social death, but he does think truly it all goes back to our fear of dying. If you keep, yeah. if you keep digging, digging, if you, digging, if digging. If you dig far, like if you, so yeah. So in this example, right. Uh, I'm comparing myself to this person cause I should be there, but I'm not there. Fear of missing, so I'm missing out of that fear. But why do I have that fear of missing out? Why do I feel like I need to be there? Because other people are judging me and other people are like, oh, you guys are the same age, so you should be at the same spot. How come he's doing so much better than you? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So that's social death, right? Like, yep. oh, I'm not going to be accepted. Yep. And I, it's a social death, but you go deep enough. Why, why does that social death matter? Because deep inside us, we are tribal and we, we, you know, our, our DNA basically says that if you're not accepted by a tribe, you're not going to survive, exactly. right? <laughs> so you're going to die. Subconsciously, you're going to die if you don't, if you're not accepted by your tribe. And it, we can even feel that way. Like if people don't like us, nobody's going to hire me. If I, if I ruin my reputation and people hate me, they're not going to hire me and nobody's going to hire me. I'm not going to make money from it. So you can like, even in real life scenario, you can go to physical death, right? If nobody yes. hires me, I don't make money. Then I can't put food on the table and I'm going to die. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to yeah. die. Yeah. 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 So fear yeah. is what drives us to do anything in every, every day in our life, whatever decisions we make, whatever we do, every emotion, it, it all rises out of fear. Yeah. What we do and what we don't do. Yeah. And, and so I think a, a, a protection, subconscious protection mechanism, and sometimes consciously is putting yourself out there, right? Like being vulnerable. And, and because that is one way that innately like we are wired to survive. Mm -hmm. So we put on this armor mm -hmm. to protect ourselves mm -hmm. and we think it's transparent, but people can see right through it. Just like you said, you could see right through Michael when he was like not being himself and you mm -hmm. could see through Chris Doe when you're like, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you can tell. The funny really thing there. is I feel like when somebody does that, somebody puts that armor and they, they protect themselves from that fear by, you know, by making themselves small, right? By not, not going on stage in public speaking, not putting out content, by not go, going door to door, like if, you're, if you hate sales, going door to door and selling or not doing those things. Um, and some people, it might be as, as stupid as like, I don't wanna go to the dentist because I'm scared of it, even though they need to. Like, it can be something, whenever you're doing something or you're not doing something out of fear, and even though that's like your comfort zone and that's, you know, you're, that's, you're protecting yourself, you're making yourself, taking it easy on yourself. That's when you feel miserable. Like for me, um, 
I have a lot of fear. Like if I, on Monday, boom, I, if I know I have back to back to back to back to back meetings and I have this deadline and this deadline, and I have to do all of these today. Like, and let's say I go in, I just tackle that shit like head on, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> By the end of that day, I feel fucking great. But yeah. on those days when I know I have a lot to do, but like, let's say it's a weekend, and I'm sitting here eating pizza and watching Netflix. And then by the end of that day, I feel miserable. Like if I didn't <laughs> do that, I mean, That's, if I didn't face those fears. Yeah, that and just I sounds made myself, really fun. <laughs> Even though that sounds amazing, right? That sounds like that's so easy. It's so within your comfort zone and blah, blah, blah. Especially for me as an introvert, like that, that sounds like paradise, right? Like I don't have yeah. to talk to anyone today. I don't have to do anything today. But by the end of that day, I feel miserable. I, f I feel like a total worthless <laughs> garbage. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know what? I think that you can do things out of, you can not do things, like you're saying, like not put out content, not do, not get up in front of a crowd, not do the hustling and the sales and feel like that. Because I totally can resonate with what you're saying. But you also could be doing things. Yeah, that aren't true to yourself yeah. and feel equally as miserable. Because I right. think about, I mean, when I worked in, I've had jobs where I'm just like, feel drained at the end of the day because they're what I think I was supposed to be doing. Right. And like the thing that everyone, if they compared it, like, oh, you're so successful, you're doing, you've got this job at this age, what a, you're a rock star. But at the end, like, there's nothing fulfilling about it for me. Hmm. And it like, you, it, it, so like I was doing things, I was doing all the right, the right things. But it really, I guess, yeah, I, I never, I've never had that experience, but I do hear it a lot from people. Mm -hmm. So maybe kind of you can explain because majority of the people I hear this from is our lawyers, actually. Like, I've never met a corporate lawyer who likes their job. <laughs> yeah, that, that does sound like not a lot of fun. So, um, so what do yeah, you mean? Like, what do you want me to explain? Just how that feels? Yeah, like that, that you are working hard, you're giving your best, and you're doing a good job, and you're achieving but at the end of the day, you don't feel fulfilled. You don't feel, cause like to me, yeah. it doesn't matter what I do, right? It can be, it really doesn't matter what I do. It, it could be me sitting here and doing like, I don't know if I, if I told you that example, like it could be me literally at a grocery store, like oh, yeah. working you as, told me this. Yeah, <laughs> working as like a cashier, just boop, 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 like, <laughs> It doesn't matter what it is I'm doing, I can feel fulfilled. If I'm doing, if I'm truly, truly giving my 100% and like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm being, I'm really giving it my all, I can feel, I can feel fulfilled. So I don't, that's why I don't really, like I could be a lawyer, I can be whatever it is, I can be, I can have the most boring job in the world and I think I can still be fulfilled. So I don't understand yeah. that when people say, Oh, I'm this lawyer. I'm, I have corporate. I've I've done everything by the books, and I'm the, I'm a partner in this law firm, um, or I'm a partner in this like you know bank, 
but I feel like there's something missing. I, I don't get that. But I mean, obviously it's a real thing because so many people have it. <laughs> I was going to say like, you're the unicorn in this situation because I think so many people feel that way. Yeah. I mean, I talk to people all the time and Michael talks to me. There's tons of people in the mask free program that feel that way. Um, so, so for me, like I was, I mean, I did all the things that you're supposed to do, right? Graduate college, go to, or graduate high school, go to college, get a degree, get a real job. You know, I, I was able to work my way up from a receptionist to like pretty much like running hospital operations at a major me medical center, like academic medical center in Nashville, like um, in five years. So like I was well, like 20 26, 27 doing that. And then, and then I got a master's degree and like, then I went and worked for the biggest hospital corporation in the, in the world. And I, I should have, I mean, I'm making like six figures and I'm under 30 and it's totally self-sustaining myself. And at the end of the day, like there was nothing that I enjoyed about what I was doing. And yet I would tell everyone and I saw myself, I saw this as like my job being my identity and all the letters after my name and all the, oh, like I'm, your dream job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. and I think the only reason that I, I like just touted it around so pridefully, it was because that was what I was supposed to do. And everyone would be like, you know, amazed and, but I think impressed. that in that same job, in the same job that you were doing, you could have been fulfilled. And the reason why I say that is, um, so there was a period in my life when I didn't feel fulfilled or I didn't feel like, I felt like, you know, I, I felt like, yeah, like this is it, like this is fucking boring, right? And mm -hmm. uh, it's when I worked in corporate for five years and mm -hmm. But it wasn't because of the job. Now I clearly see it, but I didn't see it then. It's not because of what you're doing. It's because of how you're doing it. So let me explain, right? Like when I, when I right out of college, I started a business with my friend and it was like shit show, right? I was working around the clock, but I was trying to make something happen, right? I was trying to do something. What kind of business? Same thing, making websites. Okay. Hey, man, I don't know. You've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> but it totally, right. it totally ended up, ended up failing. But, you know, but I was trying to make something happen and I had, a, and I, I was in control of it. I felt like I'm in control of my destiny and all of that. Right. And then it failed. And then I had to go get a job. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, <clears throat> that wasn't the job that I got. It was it was the next job is when I worked in that company for five years. But by that time I was like, Oh, I, I'm so exhausted. I like, I can't work 18 hours a day, seven days a week. I can't do this. I just want to live like normal life. Like everybody else go to work nine to five, come home, watch Netflix, go to dinner. And I, I just want that life. Right. So I got that life doing that. But what, the reason why I didn't feel fulfilled is not because, you know, 
like in that job, I was doing IT and I love doing IT. Like right now I can feel fulfilled about coding, about, you know, going on servers and fixing servers, whatever it is, the same, just doing the exact same task that I'm doing now that I was doing back then. But the reason why I didn't fulfill it is because none of those things were challenging to me. Every, there was such a safety net. I'm going to get a paycheck in, every two weeks, no matter what. I know I'm going to go home at five or six every day. I know that I, I can come in at this time. I know every weekend I have this time where I can relax and blah, blah, blah. I, my life has become such a routine, such a boring, like routine. I know where I know I can, I can expect, I can expect what to happen at any given. I know that every summer there's going to be these two weeks. I go on vacation. I already it's know two months in advance. Yeah. It's so fucking predictable. And I feel like, I feel like completely useless in this world because I know for a fact in my mind that if I left that company, somebody else can come right in and just replace me like, just like that. Right. Yeah. But that, that's something that I, it's not that job that did that to me. It's not the company that did that to me. It's not that role that did that to me. I did that to myself because in that same company, I could have made myself you know, uncomfortable. I could have made myself, you know, do a lot of things that would have made me fulfilled in that company, taking risks, all of those things. Right. But it's the only person that I can blame is myself for not doing that. It's not the job. It's not, it's not because, Oh, like I'm a corporate lawyer. I'm an accountant. That's why I feel unfulfilled. No, you can be a, you can be an accountant and still have a fulfilling life. You don't have to, not everybody has to be Tony Robbins to be, you know, <laughs> to be fulfilled. Not everybody has to be like Oprah, right? You can be, a fucking plumber fixing somebody's plumbing and still have a fulfilling life. Yeah. Like, I think so too. I think I, I agree. Like, um, I, I agree, but like, I don't think I would have ever been, I, I personally don't think I would have ever been fulfilled in that, in that life that I was that job I was in because I mean, I was, a, I was giving my all, I was doing all those things. I was, I wasn't sitting back just trying to get a paycheck. I mean, I was working my butt off and, you know, the golden child. And I still was, and was getting all this praise and was working extra and like not asking for anything else in return. And it, and it, but something was missing and I didn't know what that, that was. And it was the fear of comparison that, or the, the fear of what people would think if I said I actually like want to go. Cause I mean, I quit that job to go be a personal trainer. Um, but that's not why you quit that job. Like what was the thing that was missing in that job? I don't know what was missing, but I knew, I don't, I don't know what was, it, it wasn't aligned with who I was. It was aligned with who I thought I was supposed to be and all the things I was supposed to do. Um, and it was fear of what other people would think if I quit that job that kept me in it. Um, or if I quit. It's probably the intention, maybe like, like the, the reason why you did that job was because that job is going to bring me these things, like whether it's um, respect in the community or whether it's like all these credentials or whatever these things are like. 
that's what what's driving all of this hard work, right? Like maybe that's how lawyers feels too, right? That that partnership, that corner office, that you know, four million dollar mansion, like that's what they're that's what's driving them to do this, not the actual thing. Versus if you're a lawyer and you're that's not what those things are not driving you, but like actually like taking this case for this tax fraud or whatever it is and and solving this in a way that it's never been done before or like working at a bank and you know you know like trying to do this investment and actually you know coming up with an algorithm or coming up with something that'll you know get x return on this investment that in a way that it's never been done before and you're not actually looking at the corner office you're not looking at the partnership mm -hmm. none of those are in your mind this is what's driving you then i think and and it's and i don't think it's that that person can't do that like I, for you i think you could have easily done that if you actually tried that that lawyer who hates being a lawyer if they actually put their attention stop putting their attention on that and put their attention on what's in front of them the case then i think they actually can do it right yeah if this finance person actually put their attention on the actual numbers and things like that rather than the paycheck i think they actually can do it it's just that so little so few of us actually do that because they went in with that in mind mm -hmm. so the, and they worked for 10 years chasing that and now they can't get themselves to like focus on this. Yeah. But, but I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I, and I don't know if this just adds to it. But I don't it know, was, but so many people say it. So I don't, maybe I'm wrong, right? Like I'm the only person that don't. No, I don't think that. you're that. <laughs> I mean, I think, I don't think you're the only one. I think that I, I like what you said and I can totally agree with what you said. Like, some of my my intentions around like for me personally like that that job was not the paycheck never I've never been driven by money I'm not someone that's driven by a paycheck every day but I was definitely driven by what people think about me mm -hmm. and getting respect and I um and so that's why I worked hard and that's why I put in all the extra effort. But, but here's the thing. People did think really highly of me. Most people anyway, I'm sure there are a lot of people are like, no, you're a total asshole. I don't <laughs> fucking like you. <laughs> so thank you for listening to I'm this sure podcast. The, I'm sure the, I'm sure that never happened. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it has. Uh, but anyway, like I, I, I checked all those boxes and yet they weren't, and I was, and I'm still proud of what I was able to accomplish. And maybe it's just a thing like as you evolve as a person too, um, how your interests change, how your, your situation may change. Like for instance, and I think this is a big part of it, like financially. I mean, once I got married to Michael or I knew that we were going to get married and we, I wasn't just a single income, I was now going to be a dual income. It was way easier for me to quit my job and 
go do something I'm passionate about, which was personal training. I have a lot of friends who aren't married and who are in these miserable jobs because they're as a means of survival, right? Like, so they don't like waking up necessarily and going to their job every day, but they kind of feel like they have to, they're pigeonholed in it and like, or maybe they have a, a family and they, they need the dual. But that's what I mean. Like I, the advice, I, I mean, I, I hope I can get to a point where I can, you know, give advices like these. Right. But like the advice I would give to those people, cause there's so many of them, like, I wouldn't give the advice that Gary Vee is giving. Like, I don't, I wouldn't give advice that all of these thought leaders or whatever that says, quit your job, quit your nine to five and follow your passion and do what you love. Like, I would not give that advice because those people will never find passion. Those people will, if you can't find passion in what you're doing right now in front of you, you're not going to find passion in anything else. Do you know what I mean? Because that's not how passion works. Are, are, are you telling me that if you were born 100 years ago and there was no such thing as fitness training or there was no such thing as like, you know, wedding event planning or there's no such thing as podcasting that you're not going to be a passionate person? No. Like mm -hmm. passion is inside you, right? You can either be passionate or you cannot be passionate. It's not like, oh, I'm passionate about this, but not passionate about this, right? If you're not passionate about this, you're not going to be passionate about this. Like, that's how I see it. It's so, it's so simple. You yeah. I, mean? I, I see. What, yeah. I definitely see what you're saying. Um, but because I'm saying it, nobody's going to listen to me. Right. Cause I'm not Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I told, I, I, I agree. I agree. I think, I mean, it's something I really haven't spent a lot of time thinking about because I, I do definitely agree with the thing that you said about Gary Vee, like just quit and do whatever you're passionate about. Like that. Steve Jobs not, kind of started it, right? Like, yeah. Like if you follow your passion or you never have to work a day in your life, like fuck you. Like <laughs> what yeah. a, go say that to somebody who lives in North Korea, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, you know what though? I think it's okay to not, and maybe I'm wrong when I say this. <laughs> I'm probably wrong about a lot of things. I probably but... am too. Who cares? <laughs> Sorry, 100 subscribers. We're going <laughs> to go down to like 10. First your bubble. But we're wrong about everything. The wrong as fuck podcast. Welcome. <laughs> W-A-F podcast. W-A-F. <laughs> the name. Yeah. Um, so I think it's okay to not like your job and have to do it every day because you have to survive and do what mm -hmm. you have to do. Mm -hmm. And like do something else. Like I don't think that you, I think the part I disagree with is like you don't have to find passion in whatever you're like your job yeah, like yeah. if you work at a grocery store and you don't like fucking working at a grocery store and it sucks but you get a paycheck and it means that you get to like go get the travis scott meal at mcdonald's it's, okay. it's fine yeah Tra I, I love travis scott meal you do? <laughs> did you try it no, no, no but i it's like it's like oh, the best marketing that mcdonald's ever, ever done <laughs> okay side note 
yes, McDonald's, but they got rid of it. So it's, it was oh, really? a limited time. And now they're doing like Jay yeah. Balvin or so. I don't even know who that guy is That's because <laughs> I'm over 30 and I don't keep up with the, you know, the latest on Spotify, <laughs> but I will tell you McDonald's. Yes. Best marketing you ever did because I haven't been to McDonald's and I can't even remember how long, but I got three Travis Scott meals because <laughs> they were awesome. <laughs> And it's literally just a quarter pounder with bacon and shredded lettuce. Yeah. I could get that right now. <laughs> but I just had to go. But get it, it, it was like a uh, different price, right? It was like cheaper or something. It was six ninety nine only yeah. if you use the app. Oh, okay. You had to use the app. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I know a little too much about. I know. Do you, are you, is this sponsored this by channel. McDonald's? Like, <laughs> I okay side note about me I follow um fast food like the latest fast food and junk food blogs um okay. two that I follow religiously <laughs> because I don't allow I myself to... really to eat the all that stuff uh, but I love to read about it I love to know what the latest like thing is porn. yeah <laughs> yes I'm so I also get so excited when they're like so they, so they obviously they wrote about the Travis Scott meal, and I was like, oh, that a this is brilliant, McDonald's. B this looks delicious. C when can I get one? Like, <laughs> so, man, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, that you don't have to be. Um, Not everybody okay. has to change the world. Yeah, nobody not everybody <laughs> no. has to change the world, and you don't have to be passionate about your job. And if yeah. you just want to show up to your job and do your thing, cool. However, I do think that. But I would encourage people to like find what they, what they do like, and I know that you have a, like strong opinions about about the passion thing, but it's it's like there is something that, and it's like, like passion is such an overused fucking word, just like authenticity um <laughs> authenticity is the new passion <laughs> oh yeah like give me a fucking break like but you can find there is something there is something inside you that you may not think that everyone else is gonna like and yes you're not gonna change sorry there's only one oprah in the world that spot's taken there's only one gary v you're not gonna you, but what i'm saying is everybody this. I know what you mean, but what, I, what I'm saying is this, right? The only way you can get to that job, like Oprah, right? Like basically creating her own title, right? Because like, or Tony Robbins, right? Who would have thought that there, there could even be a job like that, right? Like when he, when he first started doing that, there was no such thing. What he's doing right now is like a job that he invented. <laughs> it didn't exist yeah, before. Yeah, a life coach. Yeah, that didn't yeah. exist. Or like what Oprah is doing right now. Is almost like a job that she invented, right? And mm. so, or what Gary Vee is doing right now is also like something that he's invented. But you only get there by just being passionate about what you're doing right now. That's how, that's what's going to lead you to there. Oprah started out as a news anchor. It wasn't like, but most people that starts out as a news anchor, like that wants to make, make something big, like some news anchor that's getting paid $20,000 a year, like in some small local network, like that person is going into that job. Like, fuck, I hate everything about this job. Okay. I'm doing the bare minimum I'm, and blah, blah, I'm, blah. No, but I'm you just you fucking do the best in that job. Okay. And that's I'm what's going to lead you to becoming Oprah. 
All right. All right. I'm with you now. I, I see. Yes. So, 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 so here's where it clarified for me. Like the, like I've been doing this with my goggles. If you, as you've been talking, so I had to just like adjust. So I see what you're saying. It's coming into focus. Here's where you have to just do what's in front of you and take the necessary steps to get there. And you're not going to be like, I don't want to burst everyone's bubble again. But Oprah's taken, Gary Vee's taken, Amy Porterfield's taken, Tony Robbins is taken. All these things are taken. Getting in the NBA is hard. And they are like the all-stars of the NBA. So the chances of you being the next Oprah are really low. Been there, done that. I thought Michael was the next Oprah. Probably not going to happen, but he is changing lives for like 10 people. (laughs) I'm just kidding for more than that. <laughs> no, well, he's, bro, not, he's, not, he's never going to be the next Oprah, but he's going to be the first Michael. He is the first Michael, yeah. yeah. And and that's that's awesome. And then once he was able to just like once we released and surrendered the whole and I say that word a lot, it's you know, it's a principle that's very um pertinent in like our life mm-hmm. as a family. But once we are eight, once you stop gripping to this idea of what you think you should be doing and where, or what you think everyone thinks you should be doing and you just do what you focus on what you can control, mm-hmm. which is how hard you're working at what you're doing right now. I see what you're saying. So like that opportunity comes, right? Like it'll, it'll come because the Oprah path gets clear. Some, yeah. Because she gave a hundred percent to reading the news. <laughs> That opened up an opportunity for her, for a black woman in those times to become the first anchor. Like at first she started as a, just reading the news, right? Reporter, yeah. right? And then that gave her the first black woman to be an anchor, which, and she just gave it a hundred percent in that job. And they gave, that gave her the opportunity to start her own show. And she just hundred percent brought herself and gave it a hundred percent. And they gave her, and that these are the series of things that happened for Oprah to be Oprah right now, right? But you know what? You know what? There could have been times uh-huh. in her career that she wasn't happy, right? But she mm. kept giving 100% and she was doing yeah. her thing. Like, I'm yeah. sure she's been unhappy. And here's what just uh-huh. came into focus. And I'm sure was, today, even today, there are probably things in her job that she doesn't like doing, but she's doing it anyway. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, and here, here's what came into focus for me is that I did because what I think what was like what with what you said as we were talking and I was kind of explaining like my experience and like I was like but wait dude I was giving a hundred percent I was doing all the things mm-hmm. um so don't take that away from me it's kind of the feeling I had it was like <laughs> no nah, man I was fucking giving a hundred percent but I wasn't happy uh but here's what happened it led to me being able to quit my job and go work yeah with like it was a it it led, it led to, to you path. meeting Michael. And it led to me, me it led to me meeting Michael. It led yeah. to me quitting my job and doing something I was really, really, really excited to do. Yeah. Which after a year and a half, I got like not excited to do anymore. And then it led me to be a mother, which has been um and working with my husband and building this personal brand and doing something that I'm really excited to get up to do every day so you've already yeah you followed that journey. so just, 
well, yeah. So when you yeah. when you said that it re- like when you did use the Oprah example, and I hope this clicked for other people, is that it's not when Oprah walked into that job as a news anchor or reporter. It was never in her wildest dreams, I would think, that she would be where she is right now. Nor was it for me, and I'm sure for you, your path, you had no idea that you would end up working for some of the biggest names and personal brands. Mm -hmm. But this, this single thread that I see here is that you just walk in and do your best. Like you're, I mean, it's all, I know you're like, duh, that's what I've been fucking saying. (laughs) (laughs) You're just repeating what I'm saying, Elizabeth. Yeah. But I, but it just, I don't know why it just clicked for me, but that example with Oprah, like for some reason, it just like totally clarified. It was the path. I think we have in our minds what the path is supposed to be. And if you can just like back off of that, yeah, like back off of what you don't worry about this. Yeah. 10 years from now, next year, don't worry about six months from now. Yeah. And it's, COVID might like kill us all six months from now. Who knows? Don't worry (laughs) about that. Yeah. (laughs) And it's okay to have goals, right? It's okay to say like, this is what I'm going to do next, or this is what I want to do, or I want to, you know, have goal in the have goals. Think that in your that you're doing right now, right? So, for example, if you're a web designer and you're making websites, like have your goal to be that this project that I'm working on right now, I'm gonna make it like the best websites ever ever been made, and I'm gonna win these awards with that website, and then see what like if you actually do that, see what that's gonna lead you to. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. No. I, and and it's okay to want to be the next Gary Vee. Like I'm not saying that. No, you can't not. be the first you <laughs> be the first you it's it's well, okay but to that's be what inspired. I mean, right? like, be inspired mm-hmm. by these people yeah. and be inspired by their success yeah. and be inspired to see of yeah. what is possible when yeah. you are the first you um because yeah, look at no, what you, they've been able to trail like they've trailblazed exactly away. exactly be inspired by be inspired by what they've done that be inspired by the success, but not like exactly how they did it, right? Ignore yeah. that part, but just be inspired by the fact that, that that's possible. That that's possible. And that, that you can also do it too. Yes. But don't compare like, oh, don't compare yourself right now to Oprah right now, right? Because compare yourself to Oprah in her news days, right? Like that she's just giving it all, right? And you just give whatever is in front of you all. Yeah. And, and that's that I think that's the difference that we started out with this difference between inspire yeah. versus comparing. Is, yes. Because like their path, yeah. like if you just look at like one, like if you said, I want to be the next Oprah and you took her path exactly. Now it's not going to fucking work Yeah, it's not. because it's just like, you can't take a piece yeah. of like Amy Porterfield's email funnel yeah. and expect it to work. Yeah. Like I can be inspired by Kobe Bryant, how hard it how, how hard he worked to get to where he got yeah that's inspiration comparing it is like me trying to become a basketball player like no like i i can be inspired by this yeah yeah i because i get inspired by there are some instagram accounts where i see like wow this is fucking amazing like how 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 can this 
person create these type of content that I could never imagine of, or like that one, that mom one that I showed you the other day, right? I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but that's me being inspired by it. That doesn't mean I'm going to start drawing illustrations of like <laughs> something, you know, like, because, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I still have to do what I do, but mm -hmm. do me as best as I can, just like she did her as best as she can. Mm -hmm. And that's inspiring, not con comparing. Yeah. Yeah, dude, man, we rock. <laughs> I mean, we are cool people. We rock. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like I had like a, I hope, I hope it, the hundred people that listen, like there was a lot of clarity for me in what you've said, because sometimes I've like kind of disagreed with what you're saying. And I think that's a, cause it's that stupid word passion. Um, I hate that word. I don't know why I hate that word so much. You know, the, um, yeah, I'll say this, right? You know, Okinawa is like a small no. island in Japan. <laughs> so <laughs> Okinawa is an island where they say have more people that are over 100 years old than anywhere else, right? Yeah. And people there are like the healthiest and they're like the happiest. So like they're, they're, there's this documentary or some video I watch where they go and interview all these grandmas in Okinawa. And People there, all they do is they wake up early, they go work in their farm, they come home, they eat dinner with their family, and then they go, they drink sake and they go to bed. Like, that's what they do every day. They're fucking happy as hell. Do you understand what I mean? So that's what I mean. Like, you can try to be, you can, you can say, oh, I'm a lawyer, I'm a partner in this company, I'm miserable as hell. But if I become like, if all of a sudden, I become this like florist and I start arranging flowers that I'm going to be passionate. No, like look at, look at those grandmas that are fucking farmers in Okinawa there. You'll never be as happy as them because they have that passion and happiness inside them. Like, so they asked that grandma, that hundred, 105 year old grandma, what's your, what's the secret to happiness? And she said, wake up early, work hard and drink sake at night. <laughs> That's what she said. Right. And yeah. I so believe that. <laughs> That's really like, there's something beautiful about that. And like, because gosh, we have like the grass is greener mentality. I am like number one. I can say that because I do that. Like this house that we're moving to, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be so much better. It's so much smaller. It's so much you found like, one already? easier. Yeah. We move. Well, we're, we're still you in the you're moving like, out of the city. You're going into like, yeah, suburbs. more of the suburbs. Yeah. But um, so hopefully if everything space, goes though? well. Because mm -mm. you're getting out of the city? No, we're getting it a... Work, it doesn't work like that in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It doesn't. Because we're not going to like the country country. We could have. We looked at some places like that had like five acres. And um, we actually have like a pretty big lot where we are. But it's like completely unusable because it's on a hill. Mm -hmm. um so we have like two acres where we are we're going to like less than an acre but it's got flat yard <laughs> oh poor you <laughs> i know less than like, <laughs> like I, in, I have like in, a thousand square foot apartment here <laughs> i know i'm like i'm moving to a five thousand square foot house like <laughs> i know but uh, hey you guys choose to live in like new york city um 
Yeah. But but fault. like <laughs> it's your fault, man. <laughs> you had some passion, you'd move out of there. <laughs> but like because it's this grass is greener thing. I'm like, oh, it's a smaller house, it'll be easier to upkeep. Mm. There's not gonna be anything wrong with it, right? It's a smaller yard, uh, or like I have a flat yard, everything's gonna be perfect. And no, it isn't. Because like because even like when I went from corporate America to like personal training, the grass is greener for a little while. And then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, there's things that suck about this too. Mm-hmm. So your point about like, just do, just make the best of what's in front of you right now. That's true. Yeah. Focus on what you can control mm-hmm. because if you are focused on what all the things you can't control, number one being what other people think that in an that worry in and of itself i feel like can make you miserable that energy like constantly worried about what other people think is so mm-hmm. um deflating and like yeah just dr- like you just feel like and that is such a superpower for you for somebody to i mean i'm sure everyone cares about what other people think of them but it's to a, to a different degree right yes like i would say i'm probably lower in that that kind of sense, I guess, sensitivity, like I care, I think less about what other people think than most people. But same thing, right? When we closed down our office, and I was like, I was, and I was telling Michael, like, oh, like, everyone's gonna, is everyone gonna think that I'm a failure? Because like, now, you know, I have less employees, I have to fire some people, I have to close down our office. And like, mm-hmm. we had this beautiful loft office in, on, in Soho and all of that, right? And but yeah, that, that hurts my pride ego a little bit. It hurts like, oh, what are people going to think of me? But if you don't have that, that's literally a superpower because like doing that, <laughs> I should have closed that office a long time ago <laughs> because doing that literally like was one of the best moves I could have made in my business. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, if you can just somehow not care about what people think, just imagine how how much happier you would be, how much more you can actually achieve, right? What what are those things that you're wasting money on that you're only doing it because you care about what other people think of you that you could be, yeah. Yeah, dude, I agree. The only thing I would say is like, it's okay to care about what other people think. Like, it's okay. (laughs) Like, it's okay to have that feeling. I think it's what you do. Like, like what you said, yeah, yeah. you were able to say, like, I do care about what other people, you were able to like vocalize it, see it, the awareness, like we talked about. And then once you're able to, to validate that feeling, validate that emotion, because like you said, it is a superpower. If you don't have fucking yeah. have it, I don't think you're a human. Like you don't think you're, <laughs> yeah, a human. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. you're a Martian and we're in trouble. And you may be the person that brought COVID yeah. like, the so power is controlling it is, is like identify it. And then you're able to do, I mean, it sounds like I like work for Michael Brodyway or something. Then you're able to do like the uncomfortable work, which for you was to, in that instance, was to uh, have some difficult conversations with your employees, your landlord, I'm sure your wife and yourself and like just walk through it. It's the same thing like you were talking about, like even though it's much smaller, like the post that you were like, I could do yeah. this post and it's only gonna give me 10 followers, but I know it's something I want to do and I'm yeah. going to put in the effort and do it anyway. Yeah. 
that's still uncomfortable work. It gets easier and then it becomes muscle memory and then you're just doing it. Like, and so it's the awareness of that feeling, like I was talking about, just the awareness. And sometimes it's really big, like when you're trying to downsize your office and sometimes it's really small, like when you're trying to figure out what to post. But if you can be aware, there's, there is just freedom in the awareness, even if you fail at doing the uncomfortable Actually, you're work. right. Because if you don't, if you're trying to get to a point where you just don't care at all, that means you've given up. Like it, mm. that's when you go down, like down, you don't yeah. want to get to a point where you're like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, like you don't want to get yeah. there either because then you're not going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> you're literally yeah. going to like sit home in your couch all day and just, you know, take, take bong hits and watch Netflix all day. Like, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. That's a bad place to be. Yeah. That's not good. Take it from the drug addict that wrote a book about it. Yeah. You'll be puking so up blood. So like, yeah. let's not do it, man. So I think you can still care and, and, yes. and but control it so that you find that balance somewhere in the middle. Yes. Cause that feeling is valid. That feeling is like a thing and that's okay. And you're allowed, we are allowed to be human beings. Mm. It's all about what you do when what's incredible and the freedom you will start to feel is when you can notice that it, that, that thing, that feeling in, in yourself. And once you notice it, you can do something about it. And that's, that's when you're going to start to really. It's probably the same with addiction too, right? Like, uh, like when I, I I mean, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was addicted, but I I used to smoke weed every single day. And like every day I come home from work, this is when I was working at nine to five job. Like I would smoke weed and I fall into this routine, like smoke weed, play Xbox, eat dinner, <laughs> play some more Xbox, fall asleep next day, like wake up late and run to work and then come home and do it again. And I, I felt like I was going in this down, downward spiral. Right. And every day I was like, all right, tomorrow, like this, this week, I'm not going to smoke weed or tomorrow I'm not going to smoke weed or whatever it is. Right. And then I go into the morning, like, okay, I'm not going to smoke weed. Blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as like 4:30 comes and it's almost like almost five o'clock, it, it just hits that, that urge to want to smoke. Oh, I can't wait to go home and smoke weed <laughs> comes like, it just hits me. Right. Like, and it's, yeah, it, you just have to be aware of that. And at that time I was just giving it, I wasn't aware of that. That that's what was happening. And I just, without any kind of thought, I just let my body just <laughs> you know, give in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Versus the like awareness and then the pause and yeah, and it's like, work. oh shit, this is hitting me yeah. right now. Like, why? I didn't care about weed all day, and all of a sudden, like, <laughs> I look at the clock and it's almost time to go home, and immediately in my head, like, oh, I, I want to go home, right. take a hit, and then watch Netflix or <laughs> play Xbox, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, because it's easy to get on autopilot and just let those things just be on autopilot. Like you said, you're in your routine, you did your thing. Um, And so we, the other thing is like, you can't expect yourself to, to not fail. And there's a lot of perfectionists out there. I'm sure Mm -hmm. that 
we'll find like, like all or nothing like as it's soon all as or you, nothing like yeah. that's not how it fucking works <laughs> like you're gonna fail okay like you're gonna be like oh shit i gave I, I i ignored that feeling i didn't see it but there's such learning and growth and probably your biggest growth will happen when you don't do it but you're aware yeah. of it uh, and you and you look back yeah. so or at least that's what's happened for me um and still does it's like when you um if you're trying to like refrain yourself from like overeating right like like eating that first potato chip and like not finishing the whole bag right like some people might be like oh like i'm, I'm not i'm never gonna eat potato chips again and as soon as you eat like one it's like oh it's too late now i might as well eat the whole bag right yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know that that's what i mean like don't be a perfectionist like that. You can eat like five chips and still be aware of that and put yeah. it away. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Don't, don't, you know, judge yourself for that. Yeah. Learn from it. Don't judge yourself. Learn. Mm. Cause. Don't judge that, yourself. Learn, learn, learn. Elizabeth Brody like, Wade. You're welcome. <laughs> that is to be on the quote. Like, don't judge yourself. Learn. Man, I got a thing or two. See, Michael, you better watch out, brother. I'm coming for you. There's so when are you guys, uh, you guys already found the house? Are you guys? We did. So we're in the middle of like the inspection process. And, you know, there's a few things to wrap up. I really love the house. I love where it is. Um, so if all goes well, we'll be moving before Thanksgiving, which would be cool. Really? Yeah, well, that's pretty quick. That's like a month yeah. and a half away. Mm -hmm. You know, we just like to keep, keep oh, people man. on their toes around here. When I told my mom that we were like trying to sell our house like a week before I gave birth to um, WBW over here, uh, she was like, well, nothing surprising about that. You guys like to do everything. And we were like going through, they're going through all the things that have happened this year. It's like book release trying to sell a house, buying a house. Uh, there were a bunch of other things. Having a baby. Had, yeah, we had a baby. <laughs> yeah, we had a baby. Starting a podcast. Our baby, our other baby turned one. Start a podcast. Yeah, start a program and a following for for Michael. Like, you know. Never a dull moment in the Brody weight. Yeah. No, that's how we, that's apparently how We'll come, uh, TJ and I will have to come visit you. Yeah, we, we, we want you to visit now. I, I mean, know. We, hello. Should, we should visit you before you move. Yeah. And then after um, too. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're still going to, we're still trying to sell this house. So, um, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we, we haven't sold this house yet. So also anyone interested <laughs> in a house in Nashville, ours for sale. <laughs> um, Maybe you'll get one. Maybe somebody yeah. will be like, there you go. I heard about your house on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little creepy. I don't need any stalkers. Um, just kidding. But yeah, what's our, what's our lesson, son? Our lesson is that... We got a couple, I think. Don't yeah, we, this was actually one of our best episodes. <laughs> don't know, inspire. Don't, I mean, get inspired. Be inspired, be inspired but don't compare. Yeah. So get inspired. Don't compare. And uh, the other is don't judge. 
learn. Don't touch, learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One's external. Here we go. One's external and one's internal. Yeah. So get inspired by others. Don't compare yourself. Yeah. That's the external. Internally, don't judge yourself. But we right. talked about so many different things that like comparing to the fear of missing out, the fear of judgment, what other people think of you and that the passion. Oof. Yeah, man, this, this was this a good one. Value packed. Yeah. Woo! Fire, like flames. <laughs> Can you put some flames yeah. around us? Like I have to put the bomb, like value bomb. Like that's what that's the word they use <laughs> Dro dropping value bombs <laughs> value bomb Boom. you know this is where i want to i want, want a soundboard where i can like do the sound effects like value bomb yeah let's get one <laughs> i have one on this like roadcaster pro thing it's got like oh, little buttons you gotta figure like it out so you gotta do like our intro and then like the, yeah. the applause, like, hey. yeah. <laughs> you did it. That's what Amaret, Amaret's new thing is. I did it. And she like, <laughs> claps for herself. Also, before right, we dude. wrap up, yeah. um, everyone, please subscribe on our YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. And on our, on wherever you're listening to the podcast, Apple, whatever, please leave us a review so we can start getting wrecked i want to start promoting our podcast yeah. uh yeah click the little red bell yeah. on youtube like subscribe all of that whatever you need to do whatever yeah. you use whatever platform it is however you get notified if you could just yeah. <laughs> we have 100 subscribers now so. hey you know what the other thing is share this with somebody if there was something today that you think someone in your life could value from mm. share it with them just send it to one person um and or two or two but one would be great uh and then let don't us judge know yourself if you only send it to one yeah <laughs> don't judge just learn you're supposed to share with two next time <laughs> now go start comparing yourself to the number of people you shared it with <laughs> man okay but seriously share serious i think there are people that could like yeah you know what i'm gonna do i'll cut up like pieces of of the value bombs and i'll <sighs> upload it as separate videos those are easier yeah. to share it because people don't want to watch like a 90 minute long <laughs> video that somebody sends them <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk that's five <laughs> times longer <laughs> than what a TED Talk is supposed to be. <laughs> Listen to this quick 90-minute TED Talk. <laughs> Short listen. All right. That, but, but yeah. And then this week, son, ask them, are you going to have people ask questions? Yeah. Oh, I forgot again, but this week I definitely will. Mm -hmm. I'll remember. Okay. I'll set a reminder. Yeah. Cause I'm Google curious, calendar. especially I'll be curious what people think after this, this was a good episode. Yeah. So. All right, dude, little ones right. waking up. I'm going to get him. Enjoy um, the rest of your weekend. Thanks man. You and too. Good luck with them. You're not moving anytime soon. So. 
<laughs> yeah, but Say we're trying to, to pack. Michael. I will. Emerald. I will. Say hi to Luffy. Okay. And your dog. Please try to see. I will. <laughs> Thank you, son. Say hi to Gigi. Bye. Bye.